Hello and welcome back to the Keys Coach podcast. My name's Adam and this is the podcast where I sit down with piano, keys and synth players and talk about their life in music. Today's guest is Dan Bingham. Dan is an amazing keys player and he plays with loads of different artists including The Streets, James Arthur, Sophie Ellis-Bexter and Take That. In this conversation we talk about how Dan got into the piano, we talk about his process for learning large amounts of music for upcoming gigs and tours, we talk about his keyboard setup, what he practices, it's a super wide-ranging conversation and Dan reveals some really amazing insights into what it's like being a session keys player. Dan's also got a piano EP coming out soon, we chat about that, and we also hear about his work with Nord and the amazing Anderton's Music in Guildford. Go and check out their YouTube channel if you haven't done already. Before we dive into the conversation, if you're looking to level up your keys playing and are interested in hearing more about the keys coach as we continue to grow, I've put a link to sign up to our waitlist in the episode description. This will mean you'll be the first to know as soon as new content is released. We've got lots of exciting plans for the future. Okay, let's dive into it. Here is the conversation with the awesome Dan Bingham. Okay, Dan, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's um, really great to see you and thanks so much for doing this. Whereabouts are you at the moment? Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm currently in FOMO Studios in Camden. I'm in the middle of a sort of rehearsal period and I've just uh, sculpted off into a free room to, uh, to do this. Ah, oh, nice. Are you rehearsing for some kind of big performance? How do you, how do you find that whole process? Uh, yeah, it's we're, we're a week in. I play uh, keyboards a band called the streets mike skinner um we're doing uh we're doing some shows in september um and then there's a tour which goes from like the end of october into november but we're in this is like the end nearly the end of week one of three weeks so a bit of a slog rehearsing yeah it's great um it's it's kind of i i sort of um enjoy doing these rehearsal periods because it's like it's the closest thing you ever get to uh to what feels like an you know a normal job i sort of get here at 10 or 11 every day and finish at seven or eight it's quite nice oh man that sounds wicked because you're not you don't live in london do you i live in um Froome in somerset um i moved out of london just before not knowing the panic pandemic was going to hit just before the pandemic sort of hit we moved to bath me and my other half oh such a beautiful place i love bath and then yeah. um realized when we tried to buy a house there that it's just astronomically expensive so we ended up living uh discovering this place called Froome, which we love and we live there yeah. That's really, really cool. So I guess um, a really interesting place to start would just be how you got into the piano in the first place, because I know you also play drums and mm. I'd love to talk to you about that as well and, and how that all happened. So what was your first kind of like contact with the piano? First contact with the piano? Well, it was um, whilst I was uh, in my first stages of playing drums, I was getting drum lessons. I got drum lessons from this amazing teacher, a guy I, I owe a lot to, a guy called Andy Robertson, who... Um, Great drummer, but multi-instrumentalist. So whenever we'd be, and uh, we sort of became, he gave me my first gigs when I was like 14 and 15. But that was all on drums. But he would always be playing bass and playing a lot of keyboards. And I sort of was like, oh, I really like, you know, I don't know, there was something I loved about, this, you know, I sort of aspired to be a keyboard player and I would like sort of mess around a bit. But then it was um, when I'd left school, and went to college, just the sort of college before university. I, like I got there and there's loads of drummers there and I just were, I just sort of decided one day I was like, right, that's it. I'm gonna just, yeah, I'm gonna start playing keyboard. Sort of bought a uh, sort of eighty eight key MIDI controller and a Roland JV. I think it was the twenty eighty module. Right. Okay. And just, uh, and just literally 
but at the start at least just taught myself just put on records that i liked and then literally would rewind the cd sort of you know do a chord at a time it was quite an arduous process yeah but then eventually just sort of um yeah just um he would show me a few bits and then i would like because this was sort of before you i think youtube was out i mean this was like this would have been like 2005 2006 yeah, but the people weren't regularly uploading these kind of like educational no. videos you had to kind of that came on much later i think didn't it yeah and unlike drums i never actually actually got i don't i mean i've had like the odd like oh can i have a lesson off you but i've never actually had um keyboard lessons that has very much just been a thing where um taught myself although that guy who taught me drum andy who i guess as, as i said a lot to he did he definitely showed me a good few chords in the uh in the first couple of years of me playing yeah that's wicked i think that's so interesting that you taught yourself because a lot of the people I've been interviewing and been talking to have all kind of said, oh, I you know, I had classical piano lessons right from a young age mm. and all this kind of thing. I think I had, if I'm honest. You really? Wish, my... Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, because because what I found, I found in so many situations that my technique, because it's just so self-taught and I'm very sort of like, yeah, I've got pretty, I think, terrible technique. So certain things are just outside of my skill set. And I'm, I'm sure that I could sort of go back, but I'd have to maybe start again. And I've, I'm, you know, I'm sort of like equal parts sort of like reticent to do that and also sort of lazy and so so i don't know, oh, so man, I've, I don't I've know. it's interesting technique i've got well yeah, there's, a, there's that expression isn't there the grass is always greener <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and what yeah. so i i spend a lot of my life well apart, apart from doing this and doing lots of lots of other bits and pieces i work a lot with teachers that are you know kind of classically trained and that kind of mm. thing and teach all kind of instruments and um the majority of them that I meet say, God, I wish I could just play by ear and I wish I could just sit down and play. So yeah, <laughs> the grass, the grass is always green, man. And I, it certainly doesn't sound like that from all the stuff I've been, I've been checking out. You're playing. I've been listening to loads of your stuff all this week. Um, so just, do you still play any drums now? Or is it mostly all keys you do? No, I do. I do still play like, it used to be very much that drums was my first instrument and they're still as in the main instrument, but, and there's still periods of time when that will be the case. Cause the other gig I do regularly, I play for a guy called James Arthur, yeah. and I um, I play drums in that band on the live show. But then when we do a promo, I play piano with him. And then there's a section in the set where I do still go and play some piano, like just me and him. So like, or like an acute session. So I'm still playing keys, but it, you know, largely when I'm on the road with him, I'm playing sort of mostly drums. So there, mm. there are still periods of time when it's interesting because you refer to you refer to playing keys. Which mm. is a really interesting thing because some people like I play piano and keys, and and some people like I play piano. But you always talk about it at keys, so I, it's kind of a weird question. <laughs> but what does playing keys meet like mean? Do you think what is that as a like keys well, that word? That's that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, uh, I think it comes from the from a place where a lot of the gigs I've done on on keys have been, you know. The, the the job of a keyboard player these days is, unfortunately is not just a, it, although I'd love it to be it's not just playing piano right you know like on this gigs I'm playing like just a lot of noises and samples but there is a lot of piano but then there's also I'm playing like strings you know the, and I think you know you can't just call that playing piano so I guess playing keys is the term to that covers a lot of bases you know yeah organs, it's interesting isn't it yeah I, I, I I'm still trying to work out myself what it is like but that, that's that's like the best explanation I've heard of it so far it's like yeah, because you're you're taking account of so many different other aspects like sonically and yeah. sounds and programming. Yeah. How did you learn the whole programming side of it? Was that something that came very naturally, or was it is it just mm. me picked up over time? No, not at all. I still am very much learning. Actually, I'm really not. Um, 
I'm not the best with synthesis. It's getting um, in in the last few years. I've actually made more leaps and bounds than I have in, right. in the entire. I was very much blagging it for a very long time, but I've actually took took to sort of like, you know, like for example, at the start of this week, I got a friend of mine in called Robin, who's a really um, he's like a bit of a synth head, and he's got a really good way of explaining it. So every time I sort of do something with him, I sort of feel like I'm like, hang on, I now I now have to do something new. So yeah. It's a thing I'm always learning, but I'm still I'm by no means like a um like a synth head really. But I've got like it. I sort of rely on my ear. Like previously, I've always been able to attain a sound or close to it just by sort mm. of you know trial and error and just my ear. But I'm getting more now to matching that with a concise you know workflow and way of you know making the sounds properly. If that makes sense. Are you, are you doing these this sound programming on the board or are you using like main stage or what's kind of your process yeah. for a lot of these gigs? Well, it used to, I, I have done back in the day. I did loads of gigs on main stage, but uh, I always found that there was, I don't know, I had quite a lot of problems with it and stuff. It's still very, you know, viable thing, and it's probably a lot more reliable now. Probably says it's probably more my fault that that happened back in the day. But I just prefer just I know how to use the the Nord keyboards really well. I just use them, and I'm able to sort of, especially now, they're really it's really easy to um, to just do everything. In the board apart from if i'm like sampling something obviously then i'll i'll get on the laptop and use the sound manager yeah okay. and, and the sample editor and stuff like that but largely i'm just doing everything just in there in the board and you just have the one keyboard using two for this gig i'm on at the moment using two stage four and stage three yeah you can you can do i reckon you can do pretty much anything you want on that you know there might be you know It'd be nice to sort of add like a, a profit or something like that, to, that into the mix at some point when I've um, got some more money. But yeah, uh, just, those, just those at the moment. It, do, you, do you find the technical side of it harder than the musical side in some ways then? Is that because I, 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 one of the things I've had on gigs is I've always just, I'm always worried about the tech side of it. Like the amount of time I check I've got the right gear and I've got the right cables and the right leads. It's, yeah. That worries me quite a lot. Where are you, are you kind of used to all of that now? I'm sort of used to it, yeah. And then, luckily, on on these on the sort of gigs, these a lot of the gigs I do are sort of like. Luckily, there's like a, a decent tech crew that I can sort right. of lean on, yeah. where they cover my shortfalls and think, you know, like, you know, I turn I turn up to this and like neither of my expression pedals work. So that, but luckily they've got spares and stuff. So no, I'm 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 sort of you know, all of that stuff like thinking about gear, programming, all of those things. Although I enjoy the programming element more than I used to. Like they all are barriers to the thing that I eventually want, like the music you know, about it, which is the playing element. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what I'd love to talk to you about today. So you've you've released on Instagram a bunch of these videos that you Insta- uh, like improvising and playing, and I know you've got talk Ooh. of like a EP coming as well. Yeah, um, it would be cool just to talk about. I mean, I guess number one, what sort of stuff do you practice? on piano when you sit down at home and you're like right i'm going to do some practice i mean do you i know you've got kids as well so yeah. do you um do, do you get much time to practice um not not as much as i um yeah obviously not as much as i did um but if what do i practice well the um the videos to go back to you were saying a minute ago the videos on on instagram and stuff the uh they sort of started in lockdown when i just decided that i was like I'm going to buy myself a an upright piano because nice. we're going to be you know locked in, and I've been a keyboard player now by that at that point like ten odd years or more, whatever. And I just I've only ever owned keyboards. I, I yeah. want a piano. Um, so anyway, so that's since buying that, um, that's when the sort of 
composing all those little bits came about. And to be honest with you, that's what I practice. Like I'll just sit down and just sort of start playing. And then I sort of practice by writing little bits. Right. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I'll find a, a new chord or I might, you might, I might sort of like put something on on YouTube, like, you know, things that I've saved. I'm like, Oh, I love that guy. Or, you know, it could be a tutorial video or just a tune that I've like, I love the chords in this. And then I might listen to that, work that out. But then I might, you know, and then I might learn a concept from having listened to something like that. And then I, I end up then just sort of writing something. I'm not very good at um, sitting down and uh, this probably goes to the, what we were talking about earlier on, not having had like proper, training really i don't know how to you know i don't even know how to finger a uh, c major scale properly or anything right. you know anything yeah. so there's no i don't have a regime so it, it just comes down to sitting down and and playing and quite often it will end up me just thinking oh i like this there's a little piece of music and then through from lockdown um instagram being the sort of only real, real outlet um then i would just put those things on the you know on the internet yeah, amazing. I mean, they sound they sound yeah. they sound absolutely great. And are you Thank kind you. of when you say you're writing those? Are you are you kind of like writing out the chords? Are you storing these all in your head? How do you kind yeah, of just it's just in my head? And, and I tell you what, doing it doing it into a video um, is a real great way of like okay, so I've sort of written this thing in my in my head. I like yeah. the sound of this. Like write the melody and the chords just you know by playing. And then the 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 act of having to sort of like do a take that you're happy with to put on the internet. Then it's sort of and it's also a good way of like, well, that idea is stored because it's on the, you know, it's on Instagram. I don't need to sort of like, I didn't need to get logic out and um, yeah. set the mics up and stuff in that moment because I can always come back to it, which I have done for like, you know, there's any, e uh, this EP that I've been talking about doing for ages. I've actually have actually finished it now. But um, so for a couple of those, I was like, oh, I really like this video I put up like, a year, 50, you know, 18 months ago. And then I would get that back out, relearn it, and then maybe write another section. So it's a good sort of a way of, good like storage bank for that, for those ideas. So these basically aren't on paper. They're just literally just kind of, yeah. that's really nice. It's really yeah, interesting. Yeah. Does it, do you find that they change over time the more you play them then? Because I think sometimes when you put something down on paper, it can become, oh, that's now always that. Whereas when you're, when you're playing yeah. them, I think more organic things can sometimes happen. You can tweak things and... Well, I guess so. I found for a few of them, there's, there's certain ones that I've done where like I might have been in that moment playing loads and had a really good, you know, because I don't know about you, but like I go through spells where, like, where I'm really creative and, I'm, and I'm, I feel like I'm on top of my playing and I'm playing really well and there's other times when I'm not. But there might have been ones where I've written this thing in, in a time where I've been playing really well and I feel yeah. like I'm on top of my game and then I come back to try and play that again six months later and try to relearn it. I'm like, I can't even, I don't even know what I was, you know, I've forgotten whatever that what I was doing. those chords were, but you'll eventually it will come back. But um, yeah, to be honest with you, I haven't really, I don't ever find that I go back and unless I've like, I want to, I want to record that one properly. I don't ever sort of revisit them, especially now I haven't got time to even mm. think about them. I mean, have you, have you, have you released many details about the EP? Is that, or is that sort of still quite? No, it's, I mean, it's nothing. It's like, you know, it's just, uh, is it solo piano? It's not just solo piano. No, did it with my um, did it with my mate Ben Jones, who I've collaborated with loads over the years, and we're like good friends. He's produced, he sort of helped produce them. So there's lots of like there, there's bits of guitar, like lots of you know drones and bits of little bits of percussion, some synth things. The focus though throughout the mainstay is the fact is the obviously the the piano. Yeah. Um, there's gonna there's like four tracks, and then there's a well no I think there'll be five tracks. There's there was a delay. I was gonna uh, I was 
going to put it out a couple of months ago, but then something else happened where I was going to maybe release it through somebody and then not. But I'm just I'm now I'm just going to put it out um, sort of for myself and amazing. Yeah, probably about ten people will listen to it. But... No, no, no. I, well, I'll, I'll have it on repeat. Are you? Um, yeah. <laughs> are you going to? Uh, I'll get your Spotify. Um, Spotify plays up. Are you kind of happy with how it's come out and everything? And yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of it. I mean, a lot of that's down to how. Um, how you know how well you sort of Ben did it and how he was able to sort of like you know create a nice environment for me for me to feel good you know I'm very happy with it so obviously you've done so much work as a uh, as like a as a player in people's bands and as a session musician mm. how did you find out what your own music was because this is something I've spoken about with a few different a few different keys players and piano players and all mm. these kind of things and it, when you do so much work for other people, it can be quite hard to know what your music is. So, what kind that of process did you did you go through for that? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I actually, that's a tough one to answer. And I think that um, the music that I've liked, outside of the things I've done in terms of like session playing, has has changed actually dramatically over the years. But, and I think really. Um, because I've been in a few originals bands where I've, we've tried a thing, but like, I think, yeah, like as of the last, I'd say maybe sort of four or five years, um, as I've got a little bit older, you know, I'm sort of in my luck, I guess now late thirties now. So, um, I, I think all of that, all of my sort of experience over my sort of like teens and twenties and things have culminated to like now like there's a I've got a pretty I mean I'm sure it'll change again but I sort of like got a sort of pretty fixed thing in my mind of what I like the the sonics that I like how you know how I like things to sound so I guess just a uh yeah just the journey through music yeah just a lot of influences from the things that I like and it just yeah it's culminated into this and mm. I, as I said I'm sure it will change again but um yeah I've, I've sort of been on the same it's it's felt like the same like I felt like you know over the la at least the last sort of couple of years so yeah when you when you mention your influences are these kind of keys players or piano players or are these mm -hmm. more kind of other artists other instruments what what is like the music that influences you um yeah I mean I guess it would be some you know I, I just you know I just I you know I love a lot of like a lot of like James Taylor and Randy Newman and stuff like oh, that yeah, and I think yeah. there's some of that in some of the things I do but then I love you know, like, not that I'm in any way a competent jazz player. I've just, I aspire, you know, I would aspire to be, but just more as of a fan. I love guys like Bill Evans and things mm. like that. And then, um, and then just, yeah, then just like sonically, I like the way that certain things sound, you know, like I love like sort of soundscapey and like film score and things like that. And, you know, though all, all of those things like chucked in together. Um, I, I got. I went for a huge, and I'm well. I guess I'm still in it. I went for a huge Bonavere. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, but the, how all of the records sounded. And so I'm a bit of a super fan in that sense. And then just the, the, there'll be other things. And then you know, just like anything, you know, all of those things will sort of like sort of mold together. And then you know, what the music that I make is a product of all of that. I guess they come out in the wash, don't they? Yeah, and then then and then there was like, there, it felt like the sort of felt piano thing has been a thing mm. where I just sort of got into over the last sort of four five six years and then that is because a lot of you know a lot of what i've sort of when i'm at home i just sort of leave, leave yeah. the felt on i don't even consider taking it off and just so so that's so my playing is very much based around that and i'm a fan of that so i guess that's another thing to add in because it's a lot yeah how would you describe like the felt piano sound because i think it 
it's come do you have those spitfire felt pianos and all of those kind of things those via yeah. i think it's all come through that that because that sound is so in isn't it in like in terms of even yeah. it's making its way into like popular music now as well rather than just being a thing for film scores yeah. do you did your playing change when you've got the felt on do you find yeah i yeah it's funny i, t I yeah i definitely play a, di a different way i think the sound that is my own is is more attributed to the felt piano. I mean, like obviously, right. this, you know, now I'm back on a gig, you know, where it's sort of, you know, there's it's loud, you know, loud and you know, like through a PA and stuff. I'm back to sort of like bright pianos and playing yeah. di completely differently. But if I'm on a upright piano with the felt on, I play in very much a certain way. And how would I describe the sound? I guess it's like, I guess it's like warm and pillowy, isn't it? I like that. I like that. Um, I like that timbre. Is that the right word to use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it is. It's it, they're very cool. Those I, I've used those Spitfire ones, and they they're right. It's like anything. It's like the sound you're playing on does change the way you play and changes yeah, the music you yeah. you play. Like it wouldn't be right to play like a really big fast intro on like a, a felt piano. No, um, no, exactly. You know, um, and and to be honest with you, mainly you know a lot to do a lot to do with the pandemic, where I was just like just playing just hours of felt piano every day. I think now that I've just sort of played so much of it that I just that's the sound that I sort of always reach for. Mm. I probably sound best doing that. Although, like, you know, I'm doing a lot less of it now because it's back to sort of playing lots of all sound, you know, all all different things. So, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll move out of that. But I, there's all there's all there'll always be a soft spot for that stuff. Yeah. Hi, it's Adam here. I just want to quickly interrupt the podcast to ask you a very small favor. If you're getting lots of value from these conversations and want to stay up to date with all our latest episodes, please do subscribe to The Keys Coach wherever you get your podcasts. This means that you can continue to hear these great conversations and you'll be notified each time a new episode comes out. And if you're feeling even more generous, please do consider leaving us a review. This helps others to discover the podcast and join this community. Thank you so much for your support. Hit that subscribe button. Let's get back to the conversation. So, so when you say you were self-taught uh, on the piano, uh, how has that worked in terms of kind of understanding chords? It, do you have like your own way of thinking about shapes and voicings and chord symbols? Because I watched one of the, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a bit, but the Andertons videos you do, which I think are amazing, by the way. And you were describing the, I, I think it's in your track one for Buddy. Mm. Um, uh, you were describing some of the chords and you weren't quite sure what one of the chords was. Yeah. And I thought that's that's so that's like number one so refreshing because you're it's coming from like the most organic kind of place because you're hearing that sound without necessarily knowing what it was. How do you kind of compartmentalize all these things? Do you have your own system? Um yeah, I mean I guess um the the bits that I have learned and a lot I sort of learned early on, because I sort of like I got into a I got into a stage when I was listening to a lot of um oh sorry, watching and listening to a lot of like gospel instructional dvds because they were the really especially when i went to uni and i was just spending a lot of time just like learning chords in my bedroom yeah richard t uh well no I, more sort of like the i, I mean there the, the, that is an, there is an amazing that's amazing yeah, I've yeah, a lot I, love from, that. I, I love richard t but yeah. there was like sort of like the more modern gospel sort of dvds that were coming out at the time and they always explained so i i very early on i sort of learned i only i only really know how to think of things in in terms of a major scale but the sort of number system yeah that was like ingrained i've always thought about things like that so that's that's that and then in terms of chords over the years i've just sort of like 
there are a few that still like i don't even know what that is to explain it but largely now just through sort of like listening to other people mm. being told oh well that's that i sort of feel like i know at least what all the calls are called now yeah. um but i still get caught out in certain things where i'm like i don't really know what that you know yeah you know there's certain theory i can only go so far with any talk of theory until i have to just rely on sort of my ear and instinct and like but i'll be like okay i don't know what you're talking about but if you play it then hopefully i'll, I'll hear it yeah I'll hear it yeah no, it's good yeah i mean that's that that's the sort of thing have you always found your ears have been really really good like you can pretty much like listen through to it because that's like something i'd like to ask you about actually in terms of how you learn all these songs but yeah what what how have you how have you found your kind of ability to hear these things well that's i mean i because i don't read any music at all um i've had to rely on that i'm not i'm not even necessarily saying that my ears are that amazing because i don't have perfect pitch i think i've got a good ear for listening to chords yeah like that's the thing that i've I've always been pretty good at it. I can more or less work out where any chord. Not when you get into some, there are certain things, you know, when I listen to like, you know, like Bill Evans or something like that, who I love listening to. And there are certain sort of like, you know, sort of spread like structure voices where I'm like, I don't really know. A, A, I like don't know how I'd apply that or where, why he's mm. applying it. You know, there, there's a few where I still get caught right. out. So, you know, my ear isn't quite, but largely I'll, I'll, I'm good at hearing chords, which I guess has always helped me. And then, from being a drummer and I think I've got a reasonable sort of natural sense of time listening to things like, you know, I'm not great at sort of picking out lines always. I'm getting better at that, but um, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. I, you know, I've got, I, I'd definitely say that, well, because it's my, my only way of learning anything. I would say that I've got a reasonably good ear, yeah, but I'm um, trying to sort of trying to get better at that. Work no, I think, I think that's, I don't think there's ever a point where you get to the point where your ears are like perfect. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You've, you've completed all. No, everyone, no. everyone is trying to develop things and it depends what you're listening to. And it's really weird. Sometimes I can listen to something and just be like, oh, that's that. And then sometimes it takes me ages to work it out. You know, it, well, that's, it's weird. It changes. Yeah, I, I, I definitely have that. I do, and, and as well, sometimes I think that, sometimes I think that I, uh, what I've noticed is I maybe sort of fluster myself and, rather than just actually sort of like listening to it and thinking yeah. about it, I sort of rush to think what it is. And then, yeah, I sometimes, especially that would be, it'll be because I'm like, oh, I need to learn all these songs. And I'm sort mm. of, you know, I'm in my head about learn. you know, sometimes when I'm sort of like, sort of calmer, my ears are better. Yeah. Really. I, know that's a... and I think sometimes as well, the sort of subconscious, the sort of voice in your head kicks in and goes, oh, you should be able to just hear that. <laughs> and then that, yeah, doesn't, yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't help as well. Exactly. I mean, that would be a really cool thing to talk about because obviously you've played with so many different people and done so many um, of these large tours and performances with artists. And quite often, you'll, I imagine, you'll have to be sent a list of songs to learn or recordings. Um, and that can be quite a lot of music to assimilate if you're playing for a new artist. Yeah. Um so where do you begin learning the music for something like a tour or a gig or something like that? Oh man, that is the, um, I can tell you first of all, before we even get into that, that, that not having a large set list to learn looming on me is one of life's worst, most sort of like, I hate really the feeling of no, the thing is for me actually is the start. The, the problem I have is the starting because <laughs> yeah. once I start, generally, yeah. I, I, I feel my sort of like, if you imagine like a, uh, like a computer game, like a Street Fighter, you know, the health bar yeah. <laughs> that sort of goes down. I can imagine mine as being like a stress bar that yeah. goes down after every yeah, song yeah, that I yeah. learn. Because I'm like, why didn't I just start yeah. this earlier? Because actually it's fine. Yeah, of course. But, um, but yeah, how do I, like, this is the other thing, the, what, the other thing that's probably maybe even 
sort of maybe better than the ear or on par of the ear because again I don't read I don't write anything down because it's it's strange and I think it's to do with because I've got pretty bad eyesight and I think it's to do with that but even writing down in my own way just like charts and notes as soon as I look away from not look away because I've you know sometimes I'll be playing and not looking but as soon as I'm looking at something I'm not able to then play so I just can't read right anything so there's no point in me writing notes so I've always just relied on me- just literally memorizing everything wow so because of that i mean it's maybe getting um i thought it was getting worse because I'm, as i'm getting older but recently i've had to do um I've, I've done loads of like little bits where i'm like learning you know like 30 songs for like just like two or three gigs stepping for somebody and stuff like that and i've realized that must it's still there that my abilities somehow i've managed to bank all of the information wow. i don't know how but um, and now i have to do it over the I can't leave it all to the sort of day no, before I'll have to, like, you know, I like to know if I have like, if there's a, let's say there's a 20 song set list and I've, you know, normally I'm, I'll have to sort of do sort of three or four days work. And then I suppose you got thrown the programming as well. So like, um, yeah, normally it takes me like good sort of three or four days worth of work to do something like that. I don't know whether that was the no, question. 100% was. I, I mean, that's really amazing insight because that's, that's a huge amount of time. And also someone else I was talking to was saying this is that actually your your brain is taking on so much information in that time. It's like a quite, mm. quite overload. So when you say you're memorizing those songs, mm. are you listening to the whole thing when you're around the house and or are, you, or are you literally sitting down at the piano working out bar by bar? Have you got it? Like how, how is it working for you? Yeah. I, I yeah. Cause that's the thing in theory, what, should do if you're like is probably like be listening to all the music first so you're familiar with the music and then sitting down to play it but i I often don't do that for some reason i think it's because i've got adhd as well i'm really bad at like doing things in that way i end up like talking myself out of listening to it before i actually just sit down often i'll just literally sit down you know get the dropbox open whatever with the thing plug the keyboard in and the first time i'll ever be hearing the music is when i'm like literally in front of it learning it and it just sort of works for me. Well, I don't know whether it does or not. I don't know whether or not. That, I mean, that, I'm sure there are people that sort of turn up more prepared than I am. But generally, I'll know all the songs reasonably well when I get there from doing that. But I can't nowadays. I can't. Yeah, I'll have to sort of revisit. I find that you know when I sit down the next day to do it, I'm like, oh yeah, they're that they are in there. And then you know each subsequent day, even though you're adding more songs to that to the to list of things you need to learn or whatever, but by the end it's like oh it's generally all it's sort of generally all go in it's gone in sorry that's amazing particularly as you're not reading it you're not having like notes yeah. and things they're all in your all in your head that's and i guess they come kind of flooding back when you're actually playing them with the band and stuff and i guess the rehearsal yeah. period helps but that's that's a lot of music and particularly if you're like you're saying depping on a number of different gigs and having to hold all of that in your head yeah i mean a lot of like the music this is the thing it's like a lot of the music that i end up doing um will be stuff that's like you know you you can learn a section and then once you've you know there'll only be sort of like maximum of four or five different sections in the song so once you've learned one section you're gonna you're gonna bound to repeat that there might be some extra lines or some you know some other synth parts or stuff like that but like you know i'm not you know i'm not learn not often learning there are some gigs where i have but i'm not often learning the most you know out there arrangement music so it will be stuff that's like there is a some an element of repetition so it's not as hard as it you know it's just a lot of it will be learning things where it's like you know there are about this sort of five or six songs in there that all sound similar and that's when it becomes a bit difficult because you're like what was that one called yeah. and 
you know, there's a bit of that. They all get a bit jumbled up. Yeah, I've you know, yeah, that's how, that's how I do. I've done it more recently than I had done in in the years, and I think the the sort of skill has come back of being able to just ingest mm. just twenty thirty songs, yeah, at a time. It's a muscle, isn't it? Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about the Andertons videos because these are absolutely wicked, and I've been checking out loads of them, and um, it's so interesting reading all through the comments of what people say about. Oh God. <laughs> say I, I, like I used to do that. Totally in love with you, man. They're like they're like I saw one this morning. It's like if I buy Dan, does he come with batteries? It's like, <laughs> there it's are like, also there are also you you will find ones where they where they I like the funny. Sometimes when I've had a few beers, I do like to. I find it funny to read the. Uh, the really negative comments as well, because there are some very funny ones, equally of the negative ones. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's for anyone who's listening who doesn't know these. These are like, te- well, actually, Dan, you explain what they are because you you do them. Well, yeah, it's my it's my good friend Jack who. Uh, yeah, he's is, wicked. He's an amazing, well, he's an amazing musician, but an amazing host on on this on the Anderson's keyboard sort of synth channel. And um, I guess that he just sort of like because most of the videos on that channel are just him, and I think he just like sort of kind of got. He he was kind of smart in the sense that he was he thought oh I think it would garner a lot more view you know certain videos would garner a lot more views if sort of brought somebody else in so that there's an interactive element between two people mm-hmm. and me and him know each other really well yeah and um yeah and I get you know I guess and he's done it there's another guy Mike Patrick who he did he he did videos with he's really good he has lots of guests on but um I'm I'm a re- sort of fairly regular guester and um, I guess he thought that I like. I'd be able to sort of, uh, sort of lower my, you know, like drop any sort of ego for the for the day and just like because you know it is quite exposing. Basically, we end up uh, you're essentially reviewing gear uh, yeah. or like you know uh, p- uh, pitting different keyboards against each other or doing like patch battles or you know he's got lots of different. There's lots of different videos. I you know encourage everybody to go and check out 100%. his channel or their channel. But yeah, that's that's the sort of premise of it really. Awesome, yeah. No, they're they're absolutely wicked, and Andertons is great. I've bought loads of stuff from them before, and they're yeah, um, yeah. they're 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 so good. Um, I I wanted to ask you as well because the last video you did for Andertons, or one of the last ones, was um, you were dissecting one of your tracks, that track one for mm. Buddy, and talking mm. about that. So, and that was a session you did for Nord. Um, yes. So yeah. just, I, I mean, I I'm going to put a link to this in the episode description so everyone can go and check it out because it's such a beautiful track. But maybe you can just talk a little bit about what that whole thing was. Yeah, well, uh, this is sort of uh, through having done the Andertons. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've pretty much only used. I've, I've, I've obviously owned and own a few of the mm-hmm. keyboards, but largely as my sort of like gigging workhorse keyboards for almost everything for the last, I'd say, you know, probably twenty years. I've just used Nord keyboards, so I had somewhat of a um, relationship with them. Like when I buy them, I used previously would sort of you know buy them at sort of like discount prices yeah. and stuff like that but anyway through uh recently they released the stage four which i've got which is amazing but i think jack duxbury who i do the antithesis video videos with was over in stockholm i think just check out the video and i think the guy the um this guy david at nord um i think he said he was a fan of my sort of instagram and my videos and stuff like that and they sort of jack was like well why don't you get him in to do a thing and they were like yeah well i think we were going to they you know they'd already sort of had designs and get me in to do it and they did this series of uh videos with uk keyboard players They're um, wicked. they did the same in america yeah. they did this the stockholm sessions as well mm. so they got a few people from each sort of territory that were using nord anyway or mm. to basically just come down and 
perform some of their own music on the new keyboards. Um, and the deal was, you know, you'd get, you know, you do that and they get videos out of it. And I got a stage, stage four out of it. So Brilliant. it was, uh, it's good. Yeah. yeah. And basically they, uh, yes, yeah, you had to all be, you couldn't play any sort of copyrighted materials so had to be your, your own stuff. So, um, yeah, one of, the, yeah, uh, I actually did four tracks in the day. I think they're actually all out now, but the yeah. one for Buddy, one that you're referring to, um, literally, I went round to Ben's, who I've talked about a few times in this yeah. podcast, Ben Jones. We went to like, because he played, he was in the band. He was the guitarist. Yeah. Amazing solo at the there. end of that. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's incredible. Ridiculous, yeah. And, uh, and I was like, well, I've got, we, I know, we've got this track got you know i've got a few things prepared but we need to sort of like write one more thing for it because they want me to do four tracks and just there on that day it went around his and we just sort of came up with something and the one for buddy my son's name uh is buddy i and, thought it might be that yeah yeah and it, um on the uh, literally unfortunately there is no uh i'd like to say there's a real story behind it about mm. but literally on the day of an old session they were like what do you want to call this and ben actually said why don't you call it one for buddy i was like there you go yeah, that's what nice. you get paid the big box. <laughs> no, it's come out so well, and it's such a great video. And that track's got such a great, a great vibe. I'm going to link that down below so everyone, everyone can go and check it out. Um, so I guess like wrapping up, what's next for you? What is your next thing? Is there something you haven't done yet in your career that you're like, oh my god, I'd love to do that. I'd love to get this together. Where's it? Where's it going? Well, I mean, it's. Uh, Things have sort of changed drastically in my life. Well, in some ways they haven't because I'm still uh, still a touring musician, which you know I'm doing. You know, I'm playing with the streets at the moment, and then and then I'm sort of going that and James Arthur. They sort of intermingle for the so for the next like eighteen months. I'm sort of like very busy, but so it's just and which is the same as the kind of thing that I've always done. So there's so that in terms of that, but. I guess, and and I'm more than ever appreciative of that because I'm like, oh well, I'm able to sort of earn money being a musician, so I'm able to provide for my family and stuff like mm. that. I, I appreciate that more than ever. So course, in yeah. a way, I'm like, just I've got a little bit of a sort of fresh sense of perspective of that. Of that, yeah. so I'm very happy in that sense doing that. You know, yeah, I'm working. With I guess I will continue to do it. There is a hard element of that for not being uh, not being around lots, which. So the I get, but I guess the other thing is like I, yeah, with the stuff we've been talking about, my own stuff. I'm, you know, I do want to, you know, I will be putting some music out, and then I hope to sort of continue doing that, sort of under my own name, which is the first time it will just be, you know, because I've been an originals band, just the first time releasing something under my own name. So I guess that's the new chapter. Yeah. Um, yeah well, that's received, and hopefully, do more of it because there's nothing I love more than you know, almost my favorite thing is literally just sort of sitting on you know just writing music on a felt piano uh you know yeah. and i just want to do sort of more more of that really oh 100 man you should mm. you absolutely should um where can people who are listening to this go and check out your music i'll link a bunch of things in the episode description well, but is there anything else people should go check out yeah currently um th currently they can't because there's, <laughs> well, well they can they can on the you know the youtube yeah. videos and if they follow me on the instagram but yeah. then very soon there will be just under my own name daniel bingham there'll be Wicked. things on streaming platforms but if you just check out the instagram then you'll that'll be if there is any news which there will be because once i you know get my uh get my ass into gear then i'll then there'll be some music out soon fantastic oh, i can't wait to hear that dan it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and thank you for taking time out of your rehearsal um thanks for coming on thanks so much for having me on cheers mate
thanks so much to Dan for coming on the podcast. He is such an awesome keys player and a lovely guy. Do go and check out those links in the description and get that new piano EP when it's released. Thank you so much for listening. We have lots of other awesome guests coming up for you. So do remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and I will see you in the next episode.